Hi, everyone. This is Dawn Richard, also known as The Awakening with Dawn. And this is the Wake Up to Real Love podcast, where we share stories of struggles and triumphs in love, sex, and relationships, along with expert advice to create more conscious connections. I'm really happy to be here this morning with my good friend, Sean Knight. Uh, he and I met through Martin McNichol. And we've had a beautiful uh, friendship, expanding friendship. And so I'm really excited to have him on because he has a really beautiful perspective on what it means to be masculine in the world. And he's had his own journey. He's, he's on his own journey. He says he's a simple man, but he's not. He's very complex and very beautiful soul. So I'm so happy that you're here with me, Sean. Thank you, Don. It's good to be here. So I know that you have had your, your fair share of relationship struggles in the past, and I wondered if you could, well, first of all, if you would just introduce yourself, tell us a little bit about yourself, um, and, then you can, and then you can tell us about your relationship struggles that you've had. Okay. Um, my journey started uh, when I was about probably five years old when I first started kindergarten, mm-hmm. and I had issues with interacting with other kids. Hmm. And so I wouldn't go to school. Really? And, yeah. And I ditch. We, we walked to school. It was just down the street from my house. Uh-huh. And um, what I ended up doing is I would uh, cross this footbridge over this little wash area that we had. And I'd go out with the migrant workers that were working the crops. And they brought their kids to, to work with them. Uh-huh. And, uh, of course, I didn't know how to speak Spanish. They didn't speak English. So that was actually the beginning of my empathical journey to learn how to communicate without actually having a, a lingo that we could use. So uh-huh. and, um, that went on for uh, two or three years till my parents got fed up, and then they put me in private school. They controlled me um, from that situation, which I, I never blamed them for. It happened again because about a year into that, I found out that there were shepherds from Spain that were up in the hills with the flocks, and I would go up there and hang out with them. Wow. That was kind of of the beginnings of my journey. I was born and raised Catholic. The private school was a Catholic school. Uh Um, Then uh, around 19, I would say, I think it was in 1976. I started to question what's God, who's God. Hmm. And that took me on a whole different journey. And about, I think in 78, I started my first metaphysical class, mm-hmm. which kind of got everything rolling for me where I, you know, we're playing with the tarot cards and then reading all the different materials and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So that kind of took me down the path that got me where I was. I am today. It's been a long journey. Mm-hmm. So, uh, personal relationships. Wow. It's a big one. I know. I've had, um, four women in my wife life, two that I've lived with, um, that I would say were the women that I thought for sure, I'm going to marry this woman and stay with them Mm -hmm. for life. You know, that type of thing. Um, and I'm not sure where you want me to go with it from here, Don. As far as how do you, what, what do you want me to express about the re, the relationships? I just so want I just want you to talk about what things did you struggle with in in having a good relationship with these different women. 
What were your challenges that you faced? I would say my challenges were sexuality and my ego. Mm. The ego plays a huge role in it because my understanding of what ego is, is ego is what is the, we get up every morning and we put on this costume <laughs> and it's Sean. Yeah. And it's, that, it's the Sean that I present to the world. Right. It's that person that I think the world wants me to be. Mm-hmm. That I try to be so that I can please the world, so that I can be accepted by the world. And it just goes on and on and on. And this is all, for me, this is all part of the programming that we all are conditioned to from a very early age. It's, like, it we ha- it's like we have to show up to be somebody that other people think we should be rather than being who we are. Exactly. That's exactly mm-hmm. what it is. And so we put on this facade of who we are mm-hmm. and we, in that process, we lose ourselves. We completely lose who we are, mm-hmm. the divinity that's within us. Mm-hmm. And um, my journey has been to discover who that person really is. Mm-hmm. And that's what, that's what I've been doing. So, um, so how, how did your ego get in the way? Well, just like everybody, um, being overly sensitive about things or taking things the wrong way, um, feeling insulted or betrayed or any of those things that the mind makes up. That was my key. That's what saved me was the mind, the discovery of what was going on in the mind. And the way that I came across that was I was actually out for a walk with a friend of mine heading towards uh, the river. We were walking down to the river. And whenever we would walk, we would talk. And um, mostly about spiritual things. Mm -hmm. And I got this this, uh, awakening while we were walking. And I says, I think I figured it out. And she said to me, what do you mean? And I go, I think it's the mind. And she said, what do you mean? I go, the mind's the problem. And, and she said, she, she, you know, she kept questioning me. And I says, think about it honestly, what happens when a situation comes up? Um, let's say you're driving your car and you get a flat tire, mm-hmm. right? The first thing you do is you start to build on this story of negativity. So uh, I've got a flat tire. Now I'm going to be late for my appointment. That person's going to get pissed off at me. I'm going to get in trouble with this other person and it just goes boom, 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 on and on and on. And if you look at it, honestly, you'll see that that's what happened is, is there's this monkey mind thing that goes on all the time with us all the right, time. Right. Right. And so that was my first discovery where I really looked at it hard and started to pay attention to it. And I got in this group of masters and it was about self-discovery, the group I was in and about, it was a hundred days that we were going to do this work. And it was about probably a third the way into it. They brought up the same thing. Uh, and I looked at that other person. I'm going, just check this out. <laughs> so that became what the issue was, is that basically the bottom line is, is that, and we, and by the way, the programming, the conditioning all lines up with all this. It's all lined up to make us fall into this trap. And the trap is, is that the mind is a tool. 
the mind's there to do math. The mind's there to do thinking, critical thinking for us. Mm-hmm. But it's not there to show to run the show. But it thinks it is, and it wants to be in control, and that's what it does. And that's that monkey mind thing yeah. that goes on. And um, it needs to be basically put in its place. And the way that that's done, that's where the class came in really handy because there were a lot of tools with how do you deal with this? Because you don't fight it. Because anything that you put your attention to, that's where the energy is going to flow. So you're just empowering it, right? Right. It just gets bigger. Yeah, you don't fight it that way. What you do is you love it into submission is what you do, is you Mm -hmm. recognize it. First of all, you recognize it and you recognize when it's, who is this? Mm -hmm. Is this mine or is this me? Mm-hmm. The way you do that, there's some simple ways to do it. First, you ask, does this feel good? D- then you ask, is this what I want to experience? Mm. Then you ask, is this really me? And you go through those simple tests like that. And if any of them, the answer is no, then that's the mind messing with you. Can, can, you, can you repeat those? I think those are really important questions for all of us to ask ourselves. So, and this is just the way I do it. Mm-hmm. I, um, and this is the way I instruct other people I'm trying to help with it because a lot of people have issues with this. Uh-huh. So, so when a thought comes up, something comes up, right? And immediately you have an emotional reaction to it, however mm-hmm. you feel it, you know, whether it's negative or positive. Mm-hmm. It could be, oh, I love this person. Or this person's scaring the crap out of me, right? Yeah, yeah. Or whatever. So what you do is you ask the question. And usually the way I do it is I say, is this me? In other words, do I resonate with what's, what's coming up right now? Mm-hmm. Then I say, is this something that I want to experience? Right? That's a beautiful question. Is this something I want to experience? That totally puts the responsibility on you. Oh, yeah. It's all an inside job. It's the only way we get anywhere is we do the work. I can mm-hmm. tell everybody all the different clues, but if they don't do the work, they get nowhere. Right. But if they do the work, it'll show. That's the beautiful thing about this. I did it with my youngest son because he was really struggling in life. And uh, I sat him down and taught him the tools, basically. But I told him, I says, you watch. I says, when you challenge your mind, it will not want to give up control. It uh-huh. is Lord. It's Lord and master. It wants to be king. And it's supposed to be subservient to you. But it thinks it knows better than you what's best for you. So it's going to try to take control. And what's going to happen is when you start to challenge it, it's going to get scared. And it's going to throw everything but the kitchen sink at you. Right. That's- like trying to block, <laughs> trying to block you from seeing... Or, or choosing what's right for you. It knows where all your weaknesses are. Yeah. It knows every one of them. So it'll throw all those cards down. And it, but this is where it shows its hand. Because it does it with such aggressiveness and so often that you can't ignore the fact that you're screwing with me. And I can see it because it's never been this intense before. Wow. It's one after another, after another, after another. So these are all the, all the things that trigger you. Is that what you're talking about? You're unworthy. You're a piece of crap. Nobody likes you. 
I mean, all this stuff that makes you unworthy. That's its key. That's how it keeps you in, in place. Uh-huh. That it makes you feel that you don't deserve anything better than what you, you're currently experiencing. Mm. That's what it's doing to you. But, but the point I'm trying to make is it'll do it so aggressively when you first start to challenge it that it'll be blatantly obvious to you if you're paying attention that I'm right and the mind is screwing with you. So, and then once that starts to happen, then you just start doing this thing. I, I love the way Emoji talks about it. Um, it's like a cloud. The thought's a cloud coming by. So a thought comes in and you see the cloud, but you don't embrace it. You keep uh-huh. your hands to yourself. You don't reach out and grab it and make it you. You just go, you just push it through. Nope, not what I want to experience. Nope, that's not me. So um, that's what you do with the thoughts. And you keep doing that consistently in the beginning because you're not sure what's real or not real or what's good or not good. Right. You're passing on all of them. You're taking control back from the mind and you just keep passing. And then um, you'll get into it. For me, it took about two weeks till it settled, till it started to settle. And, he, and there wasn't that aggressive all the time, bam, 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 all the time. And uh, then once you get to there, now you got to love it. Now you have to love into it because the mind has an awesome function. We'd be, we'd be helpless without it. It's just, it's in the wrong position. Mm-hmm. It needs to be subservient to you, not king to you. And it wants to be king to you because it believes that you're not capable of being king. <laughs> or it's, queen. it's basically in, in place to keep you feeling small. I think what it is is that the energies that are empowered in this environment knew these secrets, and so they could use them against us. So they used the programming, the programmers, to fall for this trick, and we fell for it. Hook, line, and sinker. Uh-huh. You think about your life from when, as long as far back as you can remember as a child up to about puberty you just had fun and joy all the time and you did not have a lot of stress right and all of a sudden all of a sudden you started buying into the matrix to the programming to the conditioning and it just got progressively worse 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 more and more stressful so so anyways then what you do you now you 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 realized okay this is true the mind is doing this i'm taking my control back the mind's not going to be the boss. I'm going to be the boss. So you can't battle it because if you do, you're going to empower it. Mm-hmm. So what you have to do is you have to love it. And how do you and do I, that, Sean? I talk to it like it's a little kid, like mm-hmm. I'm talking to my son. That's how I do it. And um, what I do, and and just word of warning, I <laughs> one of the people in the group called it it, 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 uh, which uh-huh. I love. But I actually call it coyote, and the reason I do is the reason I do is because um, coyotes have this. There's a sneakiness about them, and they're always walking around in the tall grass, so you can't see them. Uh-huh. But they're, and they're always poking their heads out, and they're looking for opportunities to sneak in. Uh-huh. Is what they do, and that's why I like coyote because that's what it does. Is you think you got everything under control, and you got it. I'm king again, right? Uh-uh. You are king, but Coyote's not going to give up, and it'll keep coming back in, always looking. But the 
you know, the amount of times that it tries gets lesser and lesser and lesser. So here's how I deal with it. I tell it that I love it and I appreciate the value it brings to my life. Mm -hmm. But that I'm Lord, I'm master, and you're subservient to me. And um, I don't need your help right now. When I do, I'll call on you. And that's the other side of it too. When you do call on them, you need to praise them. When it helps you, you need uh -huh. to praise it. Because it wants that, just like we do. Uh -huh. It wants that praise. That helps it fall into a subservient role, too. Because it feels like, oh, I have value. Because he's saying, I really appreciate that you helped me with that math problem or that critical thinking problem. Uh -huh. I appreciate mm -hmm. that. So you want to love it that way, too, right? But when it comes up, you, you do, go, do the test. Is this me? Does this belong to me? Is this what I want to experience? How does this feel? Does this feel good? Any of those are negatives, coyote or it or mine. And what I do is I say, go to your room because we've got, we've got to such a, a relationship with each other that um, I can talk to it just like I'm talking to my own kid. And it, and it like waddles off. It, it feels like it just waddles off. It gives up because it knows I caught it trying to trick me. And it'll keep doing it. That's the bummer is it keeps trying. But you just have to be aware. You run the test. You always go, what do I feel in my heart? Because your heart never lies to you. Mm -hmm. So your heart will always tell you this is a yes or no, or this is a positive or a negative. This right. feels good or this feels scary. So you always, what's my heart feeling right now? If it's something I don't want to feel or doesn't belong to me, then I'm going to run the questions. And then if the questions come up, any of them come up a no, then I'm going to call Coyote out. And I'm going to say, you go to your room till you can play nice. Because I'm not putting up with this crap anymore. And that's how I talk to him, just like an adolescent. Wow. And it's really well behaved now. Totally well behaved. So, I love I love that. Coyote, go to your room. Yeah. And when so you and you, when you and when you want to play nice, then you can come out and play. Right. So you're, you're kind of teaching them like an adolescent that's done something wrong, but you still love them just like your parents still love you, even when you screw up. It's like God still loves us, even though we screw up, right? Uh -huh. But it's the same attitude. There's still love behind it, but I'm just not putting up with you right now. And that's how I do it. And so how, how old were you when you discovered this? Oh, that was about probably three years ago when I came to this awareness. Wow. Three years ago. It's changed my whole life. Wow. So um, I could go deeper into this, how this worked in my relationships, if we have time. Yes, yes, we have lots of time. Okay, so what happened is that um, I had different, I call them masters, gurus, teachers, whatever. Mm -hmm. And each one was giving me different pieces of the puzzle. Right. And I had like a dozen pieces of the puzzle sitting in front of me that were, were wisdom and knowledge and awareness. You know what I mean? From different guys that I had listened to and I heard something and I went, ooh, I want that. And I wrote it down and mm -hmm. I kept it, right? And the way that I, I saw it was this: they were all sitting on a table like you would do a puzzle, but not fit together. And I was contemplating them all in meditation, and they started to vibrate, and then they rotated, 
into place. And when they came, they all took their position where they were supposed to be. All of a sudden, I got this profound awareness. And the awareness was, the awareness was, is that the mind knows what it is that makes you unworthy. And it's the keys to the kingdom. Because as long as it can, can get you to continue by tempting you to be unworthy through its tricks and games, you will never, ever love yourself. You'll always find yourself unworthy. And you will not be able to move forward. For me, it was sexuality. That's what it was. And when I realized it, when I realized that my mind was holding me hostage to my sexuality because my sexuality made me feel unworthy to be who I truly am. How do you mean? Can you explain that? Well, because of uh, different interactions I had had with women with um, in relationships, almost always sexual, you know, mm-hmm. some type of sexual thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the way that I interacted with women sexually, that was all programmed behaviors. It's not, we, most of us do not interact with each other from a point of love or passion. And I'm not, I'm not including everybody here. I'm just saying the way we're conditioned is, and I'm talking about men here mainly men, okay, mm-hmm. is we are conditioned to be at almost the point of rage the way that we go into, into sexual behaviors. In other words, we push and we push and we push. And that's the way we're programmed to be that way. And it's wrong. It's totally wrong. It's not, and women, because of their love, and they're coming from a point of passion, passion They accept us. They tolerate our behavior because they don't know anything other. Because every experience they've had with a man is that same driving force experience. Is it is it just because men are goal oriented? You know that men are all that's tied into it. Uh The ego, the ego's totally tied into it. Uh You know, men are all they want to be. Um, they're kind of programmed. They want to be this, this stallion, this stud, you know, uh-huh. they want to get in there and be this. It's almost like, um, it's almost like they're programmed to be the porn star for uh-huh. lack of a better word is everything that they have experienced since they were young children is this pornographic idea of what, how men are supposed to be in bed and all men, most men, find themselves incapable of meeting that goal, which is the porn star goal, because you're not a porn star. That's acting. You're trying to do the real thing. It's totally different, right? So it's more, so men uh, approach the relation, the sexual relationship and probably the intimate relationship as um, showing up to perform, showing up to do as opposed to showing up to connect. Absolutely. I think initially when, uh, this is my experience, um, because my pop didn't sit me down and talk to me about the birds and the bees. So I learned it all through pornography and from my friends. Uh, From your friends friends. that had lots of sexual experience. (laughs) Yes. Yes, that type of of stuff, which is all the wrong way, right? Right, right. 
So, and, um, so initially it's just young men just trying to get their oats off, right? Right, right. You're, all, you're just about you. You don't even care if you're pleasing your partner. You just want in and you want to get that release. And that's the way I think young men are. And then as they start to mature and they get, they grow, they, they get a better understanding of what's going on. Um, they get a serious girlfriend that they really care about. Then they try to approach it from a different level, but they still have that drive, drive, drive mentality. Mm-hmm. That's the wrong approach. And it's, the, to me, the way that it should be approached should be sacred. It should be sacred. And I love uh, Todd Medin's wife, Morgan. Mm-hmm. She has this beautiful example of it is that she says that um, if Todd comes up and he, and he, he comes up and he comes directly to her, then she pushes him off. He backs off because he didn't show any really respect. If you think about it, what we are supposed to do is come up and stop and then wait for the woman to say, yes, come here. Mm-hmm. Not, not the way we do it, which is like this. Push Which is right like, away. This is this is what I want. I'm going for the goal. That's right. <laughs> Regardless of whether or not you want to be gold, <laughs> whether you want to be scored upon. Exactly. That's the way we. That's the way men are programmed to approach it. Mm-hmm. Not basically. That's turning it into a porn movie. If you think about it, mm-hmm. and how's that make the woman feel when her man is is approaching her or making love to her or lusting after her from that angle. They know it. They feel it. That's why they were disempowered because they have the ability to do more than we can do. That's why we disempowered women. Do you, do you think that most men don't even think about the feelings of the women or, you know, how does, how does that come into play with all of this? I think that depends individually on the man. I really do, because mm-hmm. I think there's wonderful men out there that approach it from the right angle. Mm-hmm. So I'm talking generically, you know, I'm not including all men. Mm-hmm. Um, so there are some beautiful men out there that do approach it that way. Um, but I say I would say that probably the larger percentage of men, I think, are just programmed to be that more aggressive male. And they I don't think they really think that much about what's going on what what's happening i i sense in the men in the spiritual community that there's a real softness and tenderness to them mm-hmm. and whether or not they understand this or if that reflects into their physical you know ag- adventures with women i i can't say uh i would like to work with those men mm. because those men the way I looked at my self-discovery was I was held prisoner by this my whole life. Mm. I would hate myself at times, literally hate myself because I couldn't overcome this because I you, didn't know what was going on. Did you feel a lot of like blame or shame or judgment about yourself? Oh, yeah, all the time. I was totally unacceptable. And I was unacceptable to me, which is the worst thing you can do. Yeah. Because the bottom line is it's all about loving the self. That's really what we're trying to do. Mm-hmm. Because I can't love you if I can't even love myself. 
Right. I can't love you to the degree that you want to be loved. Right. So I can't be a good partner for a woman um, unless I totally love myself. And that takes self-discovery, self-awareness, and also sensitivity to what's actually happening, what's going on. What are you feeling? You know what I mean? That type of thing. If I don't have that intuition developed, then uh, when you when you got something you're working or you have a problem with, say, I wouldn't even be sensitive to it. I'll be just, I want to go. Let's go. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. But when I'm sensitive to it, I'll go, hey, what's happening? I can feel it. What's going on? And that opens the door to listen. Right? And then you listen. Right. Do you, do you think a lot of it um, for the male perspective, because they're more goal oriented, it's more about like the conquest? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. That's why men hop from woman to woman to woman. Because men, they're conquerors, uh-huh. they're competitive, and they want to be in the fight. Once they've conquered a woman, they've had her, blah, 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 all that stuff, they get bored very easily. Uh-huh. They go out to conquer again. They see something else sparkle in their eye, and they go after it. That's a self-control issue, too, because uh-huh. I did. I was with the same gal for 30 years and never, ever broke faith with her. And it was easy for me, but it had to do more with, I think it was tied to my ego, because I'd never been honorable to a woman. Uh-huh. And then all of a sudden, I got together with this one woman, and uh, we spent 30 years together. And I got about two years out and I realized, hey, I went two years and I didn't screw around. And then it became like a badge for me to wear. And I kept going further and further. And I had somebody tell me one time what we were just talking about, about the conquer thing, that it's a game. This whole thing's a big game, Mm -hmm. what we're doing here. And that um, once you realize that, this is me just wanting to conquer, right? I don't need to be that person if I don't want to. And the women are trying to see if they still got it, see if they can get your attention. And so it's this game of tempting and going back and forth, tempting mm-hmm. and trying, and tempting, trying, conquering. And once I realized what was going on, then I started paying attention to it. Uh-huh. And as I paid attention to it, I saw it. I could see it. And then I'd go, oh, no, 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 no. Homie ain't going down that road because I have someone at home that's counting on me. Mm-hmm. And so it became easy for me. And I went 30 years. And there wow. were periods where we were separated and stuff like that for long periods of time. I still did it. You know wow. what I mean? I still, I still stayed honorable. So that's, you know, that's something that, you know, that ties in with your morals and your self-worth and so forth. And the other side of it was, too, is that I was able to look at it from the perspective of how would this feel if it were me? Right. If I found out she was cheating on me. And I had that experience. I would known that experience. That's why everything in life is a blessing. No matter how it appears, always find the purposeful good in it. Because it's all blessings. It's all just another stair, another tread in the stairs of learning. So what did you what did you learn from that experience? From uh, being betrayed. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Um, what I did is I tried to do the forgive and forget thing. Right. It happened two or three times with different men. 
And by the way, all the while, remember I said, I had never been honorable to the 30-year relationship. But I was out screwing around too. Ah. Uh, so who am I Who am I to judge, right? Right. I'm, judge, I'm coming from the male ego, you know, you're mine, you're my possession, uh -huh. that concept, which is all screwed up. But um, so I tried to do this forgive and forget thing. And it's interesting because uh, the way it all came about in the end was I used to meditate and I was up on my rock up in the hills and I, I forgot I had done this, but I went up there and I just said, source, God, I said, I don't care what I have to go through, what it takes, but I want you to make whatever needs to happen, happen so that I can be happy because I wasn't happy. And two days later, she left me. Wow. And I, I didn't put it together what had happened because I forgot my meditation. Wow. I picked, up, I picked it up two or three days after it happened. Oh, here's what happened. She came home. She had a job offer that would have took her, you know, around nationally. So uh -huh. she's gone and traveling all the time. And I went, I can't do that because I don't trust you. So I'll be sitting here thinking you're laying with everybody. Uh -huh. I can't do that. And that was the bulk of our our conversation that day. She made the decision that she didn't want to live under that. And she wanted to move on. And she did. So I came home from work. She was gone. Bob and wow. <laughs> yeah. Wow. And I, did I just went with it. I just rode the wave. And then two or three days later, I was up meditating again. And then all of a sudden, I re recalled what I'd asked for. And I said, I manifested it. Wow. I'm I'm going with it. I'm going with it. So I went with it. Great decision in my life. Now, I, I walked away with one thing. That betrayal created an enslavement of me because I was so afraid that it would happen again. Mm -hmm. That fear controlled my relationship with her. And, and what I walked away with in the end was, as I said, I will never do that again. I will love and trust whoever I'm with no matter what I see, no matter what appears, I will love them and trust them to the max until I have solid, concrete evidence, no ifs, ands, or buts, that I've been betrayed. Mm -hmm. Once I've been betrayed, it's been good knowing you, but I'm moving on mm -hmm. because my trust is now gone and you can't bring it back. Mm -hmm. That's actually what happened with that 30-year relationship is during our separation, she ventured out with her sisters and their cousin, and that kind of put the final seal on the relationship. And do I you, said, do cool. you think? Do you think if she had wanted it, you would have tried to rebuild your relationship? No, I don't think I would have. Um, you mean after after that? Well, if she, yeah, if she had been remorseful, if she had said, you know, I'm so sorry, and I, you know, I know I have an issue with this. No. No, because I had a contract with myself. Uh-huh. I'd already been there. I'd already done that. And I said, no more. We don't, mm -hmm. we don't do that. So, um, and the other thing that happened, too, is that in the two, three years we had been isolated from each other. Uh -huh. And she was she was out with other people, and I started some relationships with other people too. I realized that I had changed to such a degree that there was no way 
that I could go back to that experience. To me, relationships are like they're learnings. We get together to reflect off of each other so that we can learn as much as we can about ourselves. Right. And, um, but when the learning stops, when there's no more energy there, then we get bored with it. And then we're just kind of like hanging out, but we're not really, there's no fire anymore. Mm-hmm. So, and I think at those points in times, then we break away. It's like when we have kids and stuff, it's the kids right. that are the fire. And then as right. they start to leave home, pretty soon the kids are gone. We don't have anything that's connecting us anymore. We forget it, you know? So, and I had that um, divine gift happen for me um, because I had gotten to a point where I said, I'm done. No more. No more. I'm done. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. No more relationships. I'm out. I don't see anything in it for me to gain. Just compromise on me to be in it. And I'm not wow. going to do that. That was my attitude. I got that bad, which is terrible. It really is. Um, so many things happen because when I got, when I got a grip that Coyote was using sexuality to make me unworthy, I took it back. I took it back and I said, no more. I fell one time. And I think I did it intentionally to test it. And and when I did it, my self-worth, I was in the gutter with it because I'd failed. I knew better. I knew the truth. And from that point on, I haven't varied at all. No drive, no horniness, no stupidness, no craziness. Nobody controls me. It's like I used to say, I think you've heard me say it before, is that man believes in a false god and that false god is his penis right and man needs to get control of that they do now there's many men out there could give a crap less about what i'm saying because they love that life and that's okay but the men who are haunted by their sexuality and the things that that causes them to do those men can those them men can take their life back if they choose to they just have to do the work and I cannot tell you the value that exists in that until you have it. I can't tell you. It changed my whole life. Just that one thing, one discovery. Because not only did I get to take that back and get total control of who I am, uh-huh. but with that came all these gifts of everything that I had done in my life, I was able to forgive. My, I got self-worth, self-love. It just mm-hmm. kept coming. Mm-hmm. You don't even see it. It just like unfolds in front of you. And every couple of weeks you look back and you go, whoa, look where I'm at. It blows you away. So for men that want it, I'd like to see them get it like I got it because I know what it did in my life. And in the end, you know, I'd given up on relationships and I just was not interested. Um, you get to that point where you say, I don't, I don't need a partner anymore. I'm happy with just me. Right. Guess what happens? Guess what happens? Source some, says, somebody shows up. Source says, okay, you're ready. <laughs> you're ready now. And then Source puts the one, I like to call it the one. Everybody gets caught up in soulmates, twin flames, all these different things. Yeah. To me, there's this one person out there that's a perfect match for me 
at this point in my experience to move forward, to help me accelerate through this growth that yeah. we're all going through. There's one person out there and source put her in front of me a year and a half ago. And it just blew up and happened in the last couple of months. Same thing for her. Wow. And we are like, we are just spiraling. It's just amazing. All this discovery and it's just Transforma- Transformation. Helping, yeah. helping each other evolve to a, to a higher place. Yeah, the, the reflection is incredible. It's just incredible. Like right now, I'm getting super, super hot. I can feel all this vibration inside of me, which uh-huh. is what happens when we connect. And so, um, you know, that's one of those things, those gifts, the pearl, you know, that I did never expect to happen. And when it did happen, matter of fact, I resisted it completely. I completely resisted it. And source kept saying, do it. Kept saying, (laughs) do it. I was going, I don't want to do this. I don't want to tell her where I'm at. And it wouldn't leave me alone. It kept saying, do it. I go, she is going to think I'm a raving loon. So anyways, I wrote uh, a text, I guess you would call it, Facebook connection type thing. Uh-huh. Told her where I was at. And she said, I appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> My best friend said, well, that was practice. <laughs> it was really, really cute. But um, what happened, she was in the same space as I was. She was done. She didn't want anymore. Uh-huh. So I just let go because I didn't get the response I wanted. And source kept nudging her, look again, look again, look Uh again. uh And this went on for two or three weeks. And I I could see there was some inquiry going on there. Uh, But then she, she said something to me, and I'll never forget it. She says, so this is like you and me helping each other, right? And when she did that, I went, she's getting close to the fire. (laughs) And we dove in. And we are so freaking happy right now. I can't even tell you. And I've never known love like this before, ever. I'm calling it divine love. Mm, Yeah, I've never experienced it before. And the same goes for her. I mean, we're freaking lightheaded all the time, you know. (laughs) So it's hard to just stay in the world because we just want to interact with each other. Uh-huh. So, but that was a real gift for me because I did all the work. Yeah. I, I was did gonna, all the work. I was going to ask you, Sean, because, you know, the whole while um, you were talking about men and women and sexuality, this is something that I think we have talked about in Martin's group is that I feel a lot of times like men use sex as a way to, um, feel close, you know, and get, get their like affectionate, nurturing, vulnerable needs met, you know, like when, when you're a baby and in your, in your mother's arms, nobody says, Oh, you know, put the, put the boy down. He shouldn't be held. He shouldn't be touched. He shouldn't be kissed. And as boys grow up, there's something in a lot of cultures that say it's not okay for boys to still have those nurturing needs. And so, and so I think a lot of men, instead of just saying to a woman, you know, Hey, can you just hold me right now? Mm -hmm. I'm feeling a little scared or insecure or vulnerable. You know, can you just hold me? It's like, Hey, let's have some sex. 
you know, and, yeah. and that's the only place where men are really given permission to sort of um, seek those nurturing needs. I agree a hundred percent with you that that's part of the program. Uh huh. And that's that false truth that men should not be this way. Right. Men, in every man, there's a feminine energy and in every woman, there's a masculine energy, right. but they're, they're suppressed. And through NIMS, I got awoken to that. That was another part of the journey before I met the one. Yeah. And what happened with me there was we were doing the shadow work and I think it was Martin's wife was the first one to go. And it was profound because she talked about these things that I was just like, what? And she just moved right through it. And I could see what great balance and character she had in her spirit, the way she could move through it. But what she did is she opened this jar of worms for all the rest of the women. And then they started opening and opening. And I cannot tell you the intensity of what was shared that day. And I was, I think, besides Martin, I was the only masculine energy in the room. And I was blown away and so privileged to hear what I heard. But what that did is it shocked my masculine energy to its core. Over the next two or three days, I just, I unraveled. I didn't even want to be a man anymore. And I'm getting emotional right now just talking about it. Because it affected me to that degree to see the things that men have done to women. And the other side of that cleansing that I did is it it activated my divine feminine. Mm. And then all of a sudden, just days and days of crying for no reason. Wow. And, and mostly it was, I couldn't, it was like my cup was overflowing. I couldn't hold that much emotion in me because I wasn't used to it. And I realized- right. I realized women, this is their whole life. Women are like this 24-7, and they hold it with such grace. But we are so suppressed from the programming that when it starts to come up in us, we can't even handle it at all. And the way we deal with it is we just cry. We just let it out. Uh We just keep releasing, keep releasing, keep releasing. But that started my journey of my feminine being activated in me, and that brought balance and alignment in me when that happened. And that's basically just giving yourself permission to express that part of you that has been suppressed for so long. And also accountability. Accountability. And and I even stated this uh, to the group. Even if I wasn't the perpetrator, I'm still at fault because I observed it. Mm. And I have a responsibility as a masculine energy that if I see something that's wrong, I have a responsibility to stand up to that wrong and say, that shit needs to stop now. Yeah. We don't do that. Men don't do that. We look the other way. We don't want to get involved in that personal shit. Yeah. That's how we are. And um, that's wrong. And so I took on responsibility, not for just for what I had been a part of, but also all parts because it needed to be addressed for me. And that's what activated me. When I was willing to do that in front of, there's much power in doing what we're doing right now. When you're willing to say to the world, I'm at fault and I take responsibility for what's happened. Mm-hmm. So and that's, what, that's what I did. It's changed my whole life. 
I have the one in my life now. And I'm so freaking happy. And I'm 64. I'm going to be <laughs> retired in a year. And I'm starting this new adventure. That's you know? beautiful. That's really, really beautiful. Yeah. So it's just, you know, it's about doing the work. That's the bottom line is it's an inside job. I could tell you all this stuff. I can bump you, knock you around and, you know, say you're, you're not seeing it. That's coyote screwing with you. Check it out. Right. I could do all that. But the bottom line is, is that you have to do the work. You have to, and that's hard work because you have to look at yourself. You have to deal with your shadows. You have to clear it. It's really important to clear it. Yeah. And if you do that, you'll come back into this beautiful harmonic and then other things will start to unfold for you. And I was going to say, you probably experienced such a sense of freedom and expansion. This is what uh, Martin and Elise Angela and I were talking about the other day. It's that when you face yourself, instead of feeling badly about yourself, instead of feeling unworthy, instead of feeling like, you know, woe is me, you feel like, yes, here I am. This is my truth. This is, you know, I, I know I have my stuff, but I'm dealing with it and I can face myself and I can love and accept all the parts of me so that I show up this free spirit so that I can um, embrace other people's free spirit as well. Yeah. This beautiful communion with yourself and with another person. Yeah. Two things that I that happened that I didn't expect. One was all the guilt I carried just fell away. Yeah. It dropped off of me. And it's still there. I still know of it, but it has no bearing on me anymore. Has just, no emotional hold over you anymore. No, because I just looked at it as this is what's God in me. This the spirit that exists in me, this is God experiencing its own self. And this is all part of the game. And it was all for my growth to get to where I am today. Mm-hmm. The other thing I didn't tell that I probably should add in is about two years ago, I had a communion with God. Mm-hmm. And I just said, you know, I looked at my life and I said, you know what? I'm doing a terrible job of driving this vehicle, me, around this experience. Mm-hmm. And I'm, not, I'm tired of it. I'm tired. I, I crash and burn. Because I always think I know the right way to go, and I always crash and burn. So I'm giving up. I'm giving my life to source what I did. I said, I'm going to give control completely over to you. And you do whatever you want to do with me. I will follow. You open and close the doors. I will follow. And I will do whatever you ask me to do. And that's why I'm doing what I'm doing right now in this moment. I would the magic have, happens. I have would never have done this in the past. Yeah. Ever. I would not go public like this. And it's because I made a contract to do this, and that's why I'm doing it. So that's why I'm trying to help the men who are serious about the change, if they want to take it on. Because the freedom is unreal. Just to just shed all that shit. Just to, yeah. all of it to go away. Yeah. It's unreal what you feel like on the other side of it. And you have you can't imagine what it would be like till you're there. And it's just peace, grace, freedom, and the sky's the limit. Anything can happen. Yeah. So it's so worth the work, I'll tell you. And I know the coolest thing is relationships, is that once you get to this space, 
relationships are so easy. Easy. Because yep. you're just this open thing that's just loving. It you only don't have goes, to hide anymore. Yeah. And you just want to love to the best of your ability. And you're, everything is unconditional love in your being. And so a relationship, it's like, what can I do to make you happy? You know? And, and the same thing goes with my partner. Uh -huh. She's the same way. So where you think in the past, well, I don't want to bring this up because this is a trigger. She'll get pissed or whatever. You bring it up and you get totally the opposite of what you thought you would get. And yeah. you just go, wow, I didn't think that would happen. But it's coming from unconditional love. And it changes the whole dynamic of relationships. The whole thing is, is you're just trying to be there for each other. Unconditionally. <laughs> So, Sean, what is your definition of real love? Unconditional love, divine love. That's to me what it is. It's it's a love that you cannot, you can't. It can't be contained. It's just constantly overflowing. It just keeps coming out of you, uh -huh. and you're like, "Who is this person?" Matter of fact, one of my one of my buddies. Sometimes he'll send me a note and he'll say, who are you? Where's my friend, Sean? Because <laughs> <laughs> the change is so dramatic from what the norm was five or six years ago. And I love it when he says stuff like that because I know that's happened. So. It's, the, it's the new norm. Uh, you're going to help so many people from this conversation, Sean. And if men, uh, I mean, men should flock to Sean. He's got so much... Um, beautiful wisdom to share and to teach. So if people would like to get in touch with you, Sean, what's the best way to do that? Just Facebook, Sean Knight. Sean Knight with a K. Yeah, yeah with K, just with like K. knights in shining armor. Except there for you go. My, my armor's a little rusty. <laughs> well, I appreciate you being here, Sean. This is a beautiful, beautiful conversation. And I know that you are going to impact and affect and, um, so many men and women to think about their own coyote, <laughs> to think about how, how their sexuality plays out in their relationships and their connections and to inspire people to really own your stuff, you know, to look inward and to, to fix those parts of yourself fix and <laughs> quotes, you know, to, to look at those parts of yourself and really come to a place where you love and accept who you are so that you can ex ex uh, experience that freedom and that um, limitlessness of honoring who you are. That's right. So we're thank you. The, thank yeah, you so much. Things. Yeah. Thank you so much for being here. So, pleasure. so for, for everyone, if you like what you hear, please uh, subscribe to this podcast and share with a friend. And if you would like support in finding more connection, expansion, freedom, and, ex and acceptance in your own relationships, you can find me on Facebook and Instagram at The Awakening with Dawn. Feel, feel free to send me a message. Excuse me. Feel free to send me a message, and I would be happy to help you find and create more real love in your life. And as Sean and I were talking about the most important relationship you'll ever have, is the one you have with yourself so that you can be the kind of partner that you want to have. So thanks again, Sean. And I, I appreciate all you listeners showing up and I will see you guys next time. Take care and 
wake up to real love. Thank you. Bye-bye.